Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts, Rick and Patrick, for this week's discussion. Welcome back to episode number 33 of Quarantine Coronavirus Beers and Bible Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Rick. And I'm your other host, Patrick, and I would like to point out that it's not the 33rd quarantine episode. It's just <laughs> no. the second quarantine. It's just the second mostly quarantine episode. Mostly quarantine. Yeah, but, but it is the 33rd episode of our podcast. I am still not shelter in place, uh, so that guarantees you that I am not in California or New York, but I am somewhere in between California and New York. Thanks for that. <laughs> that was really helpful for all our listeners trying to figure out where, where we are and who, who we are. And I don't think anybody's trying to figure out who we are. Well, but anyway. And the people who the people who want to know who we are probably already know. So. That's true. That's true. So, how's your week been there, Patrick? It's been good. You know, week two, working from home. We started working from home um, on March the... What day was that? A week ago, yesterday was the 18th, something like that. March 18th, yeah, we started working from home March 18th. It is, you know, March 26th and today. Obviously, this is going to confuse our listeners when they listen back to this, but... When this comes out in, like, April and the quarantine's over, and they're like, what are they talking about? April 2nd, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, or whatever, whatever day it was, so yeah. So yeah, March 18th, we started working from home, and it was... uh, Challenging those first couple of days, just trying to figure out how to do things. But then uh, this past week has been better and a little more busy, so that's good. That is um, good. Yeah. And getting to stay home has been great. So Yeah, I kind of want to stay so home. How about but, you? Oh, man, I'm going back to work still. I don't I don't get to shelter in place or, or, or anything like that. So we go into the office, and it's nor- business is normal for us, of course, you know, when you're in the office and somebody like coughs in the background, you immediately immediately attack them with Lysol and hand sanitizer. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've been doing that for weeks anyway. So you hear somebody sneeze and you're like, "Get out! Get out now!" <laughs> you get your dirty self out of here. That's what you do. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's all we've been doing is uh, it's just maintaining work. Seems like, but. Tonight, we have, because of quarantine still, uh, we're, we're on two different beers. Uh, I did manage to get some, and I picked up a couple just in case, you know, we do go into lockdown next week or something crazy like that. Um, but tonight, I have, from Blue Point Brewing, uh, the Toasted Lager. And I'm trying to figure out, oh, so the, these are from, uh, I don't know how to say that, P-A-T-C-H-O-G-U-E. 
Is that Pechogue? Pechogue, New York? And Baldwinville, New York. Peace building him? P-A-T-C-H-O-G-U-E. I think it would you would say it Pechogue. Pechogue. I would I would say Pechogue. Well, that's where it is. They're in New York. So hopefully Pechog. this is... Pechog? Or Pechog. Pechog, maybe? I'm looking at the how to pronounce it. Cause, oh, right. okay. So we found out something. You know the Enneagram thing that's going around? Yes. So my wife pointed out to me that the reason... Or one of the things that like verifies my number is that my number is like... Has to know information. So when something comes up... Uh-huh. Like, when someone says, I wonder, I'm immediately, and I've been doing it for a long time, I immediately <laughs> get my phone out and look it up. And like, Start oh, looking this is what you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so, according to Wikipedia, you would pronounce your, the, the town where your beer is from as Patchog. Patchog. There Patchog. you go. Patchog. Pat- okay. The more you know. The more you know. Well, it's called the Toasted so, Lager. It's an American amber. Tell us about your Patchogan beer. Patchogan beer. <laughs> You watch your language when you're talking to me. Uh, we got five and a half percent ABV. Um, I didn't even look it up on the website. I'm just trying to read straight off the bottle here. It's a, uh, it's, it's like a, uh, what would you call that? A marina style beer, I guess you call it. It's got the little uh, dingy things that keeps uh, ships from running into each other. And when you get into a marina, they're on the on the can or on the bottle. And uh, other than, other than that, it's just plain. It's just uh, looks like a regular, good old American beer, and it's an amber. And uh, we all know that I'm a fan of amber beers, with Yingling being one of my favorites. So I actually kind of hope this tastes like Yingling, but I'm expecting it to be a little bit better. So, what do you have on tap for tonight, there, Patrick? So I have got from the Twenty First Amendment Brewery. Um, it was canned in Utica, New York, but the website says that they, uh, their locations are in California, so, hmm. maybe like San Francisco in area. There you go. I, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, I have got from the 21st Century Brewing Company, the Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer. Um, ooh, it's a, it's a, it's a seasonal, um, seasonal wheat beer, ABV of 4.9%. Mm-hmm. And it's got 17 IBUs, which is sounds you know, like tell, tells gonna, Yeah, it tells me it's going to be a sweeter beer. Um, the can's got like the Statue of Liberty sitting on the Golden Gate Bridge. There's your New York and your kinda, California. Yeah, just kind of chilling. She's got a watermelon in one hand, like that's a giant watermelon. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I did look it up because that's what I do because it's part of my because you you want to uh, know all the things about all of the things <laughs> I want to I want to know things. Um, says it pairs with oysters, vegetable or fruit salad, any seafood, and then it also pairs with a watermelon wedge. So I would hope it would pair with a watermelon wedge with a name like Heller High Watermelon. It better. <laughs> um, it's got a hundred percent fresh watermelon puree in it. Really? And I love me, I love me some watermelon. So I'm really excited about this one. I, about seventy five percent of the reason I got it was just because of the name Hell or High Watermelon. <laughs> Hell or High Watermelon. Not gonna lie, I would, uh, I would try that too. 
Mine has an IBU of 28, according to the website. And I went and looked mine up now, too, so. I'm just going to um, keep talking. I'm going to see if I can find where, if this one is in uh, where you are. If it, Okay. That would be nice. I didn't see it in any of the stores that I've been to, and I did go look for it. So, uh, But, yeah, so the, the toasted lager here from Blue Point um, says it was originally named for the toasted characteristics of the original direct fire brick kettle. A World Beer Cup gold medal winning flagship brew. So this thing has won gold medal somewhere. Is brewed with a blend of six specialty malts with a flavor as rich and unique as the town it is from. Which I'm guessing is Patchog, New York. Patchog. Because uh, that's pretty unique, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but uh, but it looks, I mean, it just looks uh, regular, regular old amber beer. Uh, this one is a year-round beer for them. It's not a seasonal, and uh, it's not a small batch or anything like that. So this one sounds like it. It, uh, it sounds promising to me. I'm not gonna lie. Sounds pretty promising, and I'm pretty pumped to crack it open. Did you find what you were looking for? I did. I'll have to. I'll have to give you an update. Okay. Oh, boo! Just kidding. Still, they don't have. They don't have any within a hundred miles of where you oh, are of this particular a- one. That's a sad day. That is a very so, sad day. Might have, might have to get somebody to, to bring you some. Bring me some. Yeah, there right. we go. Well, let's crack these things open and get to drinking beer because I'm not going to lie. I'm let's ready for it. it. Here we go. One. Yeah, let's do it. Two. Three. Go. I think that was also a, another first for our podcast. I had a can and you had a bottle. I had a bottle. Yes. I don't think we've had different one, uh, containers at any point. This one smells pretty good. Mine smells like nothing, which is exactly what watermelon smells like. That is true. Until you get watermelon on you, and then all the flies come, and you smell like you smell like watermelon for the rest of the day. I am liking the color of this already. It's got a perfect amber color to it. So I am a fan of Ambers. Um, I like Dos Equis. I like Michelob Amber. Pretty much like all the Ambers. And and so when I saw this, that it was an Amber, I was like, oh, I'm going to try that one. And check this rig out. Boom. It's got that, that clean... looks like That looks like one of your go-tos. Yes, it does. It looks like Yingling. It's actually a little bit lighter than Yingling. Uh, not much. But not much. Based on what I can see from the camera. <laughs> Through, the, through our 1080p high definition studio quality webcam. I don't know if you can see mine, but I have also, I'm also using my mug with the pictures of my family on it. Yes, so. I do. I can see it's, yours. It's, it's about the same color as mine. Yeah, I'm seeing that right. Also, the, well, the wall, the wall behind me is yellow. So, oh, okay. Uh, maybe, there, there we go. Yeah. Go. Let's, let's. It may be a little bit darker than mine or a little bit lighter than mine. So, it, does, it smells just like beer. Is all. There's nothing special about it so far. But yeah, this one smells similar to Yingling, but I'm I'm hopeful that it's going to taste a little bit different. So let's go bottoms up on these things and see uh see what we can come up with. All right, cheers bottoms up. I was all foam. So I'm gonna have all to go foam. Again. I got a pretty good swig of mine. 
So I'll start into it. That that is a Go good amber beer. That okay. is that is everything that I expected from a good amber beer. Um, it's got okay. So so hang on. Compare right. it to your compare it to your go to compare it My to Yingling. Yingling. Okay, Yingling. Compare it to Yingling. Compare to Yingling. How, how um, the the texture or the the the. Clear, I don't. Even, I don't even know how to. It's. It's not really a texture because this kind of beer doesn't really have a texture. But the flavor, the depth of the flavor is good. I would put the depth of the flavor better than Yingling. Oh um, wow! Okay. The the taste, the actual taste of the flavor is better than Yingling for me. Um, wow. Okay. This, that I is, mean, that is saying something. <laughs> this is. This is really good, and. It will definitely be purchased again. And knowing that it is just uh, a good old American-style lager, I am going to do something that I don't do very often, and I'm going to give it five Luthers. Wow. Because this that thing is, is, that's this a, thing is that's good. A, that's incredible because, I mean, like you said, you I mean, one, you don't give fives out. I don't. All willy-nilly. <laughs> um, I mean, neither of us really do. But, um, and the fact that it's just, I mean, it's a lager. It's just a yeah. lager for you. You're still going to give it a five. Yep, yep. Lagers, I do like, so I like lagers. And I'm, I'm going to tend to rate lagers a little bit higher anyway. But you still have to be, a, I mean, you That's have fair. to be a good lager. Um, I mean, I, I, if, if I'm giving Yingling a four and a half, this is better than Yingling, so I have to give it a five. Um, That's if fair. It, if it wasn't three dollars a six pack more than Yingling, I would probably buy it more. <laughs> but but uh, but man, this is like this thing is really good. Um, this could go with dinner. This could go with. I mean this this is this is an any situation beer. Uh, it's not it's not going to be put to just you know like a dessert or whatever. I, this is everything. This could go with whatever you want to put it with. It will do good. It will taste good. It will, if you're eating spicy nachos, it's going to quench your thirst. If you're sitting in a movie, you're going to enjoy it. If you're having a pipe, you're going to appreciate it. It's, I mean, this is a great beer. This really is. Wow. That is, that's mind blowing really for, for me. I didn't see that coming because, <laughs> I mean, you, you have held Yingling in such a high Steam for so long, I feel like I have, and for you to come out and just say that that is better than Yingling—that's impressive. That's really it, impressive. It is better than and Yingling, I'm better, and, I, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> branching out, I'm branching so, out into more stuff. What do you have on yours? How's the watermelon? So. I'm not traditionally a big fan of wheats. Okay. I'm not, like, I'm Blue I moon. just... Blue Moons. Uh, I mean, I'll drink it, but it's not my favorite. Um, no, I don't drink it with an orange slice or anything in it, so yeah. that's probably my problem. Um, traditionally not a huge fan of wheats. However, this is a really good beer. Um, it's uh, It tastes exactly like a watermelon. Really? Yes. Like, I, I, I don't think I could explain to you how it tastes other than watermelon. And based on 
And that alone, I'm going to be giving it my Luthers. Yes! <laughs> That's <So> amazing. <laughs> we have each given our different beers five out of five Luthers. Um, has that happened? That has not happened since we started no. doing the split. It, the only other beer that has gotten double fives from us was the No Crust by Funky Beer. That's, That's it. That's the only yeah. time that we have given double fives. Yeah, um, so, tonight we're giving it, and we're not even drinking the same beer. No, we're not. So, but this is, I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised. Like I said, not traditionally a big fan of wheats, mm-hmm. but I'm going to put that aside to say the flavor of this one, the the texture, it's not overpowering. Mm-hmm. Um, when it says it's got 17 IBUs, I imagine that was going to be a really, really sweet beer. Yeah. And it's not too terribly, it's not like overly pungent sweet yeah um the watermelon flavor is perfect i think it it absolutely hits the nail on the head um and i could see this this is for some reason i pictured myself drinking this at the beach or like at dinner at the beach on vacations kind of thing Mm -hmm. but we also traditionally eat a lot of seafood when we go to the beach so that might be because it pairs well with seafood i don't know but um, it's good. It's really, really good. I would highly recommend Hell or High Watermelon from 21st Amendment Brewing or Brewery. Five out of five Luthers. It's nice. great. I, it, I, I'm excited to be to finish them. <laughs> You're excited that you still have more in your fridge. Yes. That's I really am... what we're. Well, that's really the how we're getting to the rankings at this point, if yeah. we're excited that we have more or not. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm also excited that I still have five more of these left because this is like, I kind of keep coming back to it, but like, it just tastes like a smoother, richer version of Yingling is what it tastes like to me. Hmm. And so, I mean, it's got the, it's got the consistency or flavor of Yingling which I like, but it's just, it's just better. It's, it's, I don't know what it is about it that's better because honestly, I mean, I would assume, I assumed because it was lighter that it was going to be a little bit weaker. Um, and even though I don't, I'm not a huge fan of bitter beers. I do like a lot of flavor in my beers, you know, whatever the flavor is that it's supposed to be. I I want it to, I do want there to be a lot of that. And so with this one, I mean, I, it's got every bit of it and it's, it's just like, it's like the perfect combination of, of this lager style with the, with the flavors that it's got in it. Um, whatever they used to, to brew it, the six different malts that they used to brew it just pair up perfectly. And so, so yeah, this is, this why it comes in at five Luthers for me as well. So Blue Point Brewing. Good job on your toasted lager. It's your it's your go to. Seems like on your website, it's your annual beer. So you you hit that one out of the park. And Twenty First Amendment, Heller High Watermelon, mm-hmm. excellent job on that one. Five Luthers from both Rick yep. and Patrick. And uh, now we are going to continue in concise theology, and we're going to talk about adoption, and we're going to talk about sanctification. So stick around. And we are back. We are uh, coming down off that mountain of each of us drinking a five out of five liter beer. 
still enjoying it. Yeah, still. I mean, I'm almost done with mine. Me too. But that's mine's, okay. Mine's basically oh, yours gone. Is, yours, is, yours is gone. You might just go ahead and finish it. Shut off. Just, just, should I just go get another one too? <laughs> I mean, whatever you want to do. Whatever. <laughs> so tonight we're going to talk. We're going to continue in, into concise theology. Hey, we're down to the final hundred pages of this That's thing. right. The book's only Actually, like 180, but, you know. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I guess the way I'm reading it on my computer or my phone or whatever, it's got the pages broken up funny. Yeah. Anyway, so tonight, um, if you're following along, we know we typically say we, we don't jump out of order. We're going to do that tonight. Again. Because we feel like it. We did it last week, too. <laughs> we did it last week because it made sense. Um, this week, we want to spend the bulk of our time talking about um, sanctification, and then we'll we'll, uh, we'll backtrack into adoption. Um, and we've talked a little bit about sanctification, the last, especially the last few weeks. It's, it's, I feel like we've been kind of snowballing everything to this point of mm-hmm. sanctification and what that means. Um, as far as... Um, the process, um, but Packer just simply defines sanctification as the Christian grows in grace, and then he um, he quotes the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and he just says it says that uh, sanctification is the work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God, and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. Um, I really wish I knew more or. Have, I wish I had read more of the catechisms and um, the confessions and all those things, but I didn't go to seminary, so <laughs> that wasn't required reading at my college. But um, these these ideas really speak a lot of truth into what it means to be a believer who is working through the process of sanctification. Yes. Yes, so uh, which is funny because I'm actually glad that you that you hit on that because uh, you know if you if you're a pastor who's secretly listening to this and and you don't want to tell your church or whatever that's you know okay, but man, I I would just I want to encourage pastors you know don't be afraid of things like catechisms and confessions and. You know, I'm not saying you have to like teach Sunday morning on confessions and catechisms, but devote a Wednesday night Bible study to them. Devote a Sunday night Bible study or something. You know, put something out for your church uh, where it's accessible. Because, man, these things are so rich and so full of doctrine that that I mean, it it can it can really help your people understand why they believe what they believe. Um, it, you know, I read a book. A few a few months ago, called expository apologetics by a guy named Vody Bacham, and and he he reiterates over and over and over again. In fact, he has an, an entire chapter dedicated to why pastors and why churches need to be teaching the catechisms and need to be mm-hmm. teaching the confessions because, as Christians, we are by nature confessional people. Uh, you know, to, mm-hmm. to enter into Christianity. You would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You know, that's that's the very first confession that you make. And mm-hmm. and a confession is nothing more than, hey, I believe these things. I'm stating that I believe these things. And so it's mm-hmm. it's not, you know, uh, I always laugh when people throw up, well, no creed but Jesus. No creed but Jesus. Okay, we're great. That's a creed. 
you just made a creed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's like it's, it's like saying there's no absolute truth. Exactly. There's no such are thing you, as absolute truth. Are you absolutely sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a similar concept. So, so. You know, but we think we've, we've gotten into this mindset with our Western culture and we think that creeds and confessions are old and outdated and we don't need them in the modern church and all this and i'm you know honestly i I believe that if we brought creeds and confessions back the modern church would be in a whole lot better place but that's a that's another topic for another day Mm um so when we finished in theology theology, (laughs) we might talk about confessionalism um but but uh you know this right here and this is why confessions are so good this is such a succinct and and promising truth that can be that can be written down and can be memorized um mm-hmm. and and all this and I, and I know i've mentioned it a few times but we do with our home we do the new city catechism and you know you you ask your well it's just kids regurgitating stuff well maybe they are regurgitating it now but if you continue to teach them that then they will eventually begin to understand it which is why yeah. proverbs 22 says train up a child in the way that they should go you don't train somebody and they immediately know everything that you're supposed to know about whatever subject that they're training them in. They have to learn it incrementally, and that's what catechisms do. And so this right here gives us the primary reason why sanctification is different from justification. And so last week we talked about uh, Roman Catholic theology for just a little bit and talked about how they really kind of join or marry sanctification and justification together and say that, your sanctification is what leads to your justification. Uh, you know, eventually you are justified because of all of the works that you did in sanctification. Um, and, and this is what Martin Luther, you know, was so adamantly against when, when, he, uh, when he wrote his 95 Theses, when he wrote the Heidelberg uh, Confession. Uh, I said that last week, and I still don't think that's right. I keep, I'm, I'm going to have to go look that up, but... Um, you have these, you have these, these statements that Martin Luther is writing and he's writing saying, no, this is not about works. This is not a theology of glory where you get to glory in yourself. This is a theology of the cross that says you hide everything underneath the cross and it is the cross that justifies you. And because of your justification, because of your being declared righteous, because of Christ's righteousness being imputed to you you can now walk in sanctification and 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 it's mm-hmm. it's so great because you know we think we think of justification and, and how great it is we are justified but that doesn't immediately mean that we're going to get everything right you know and 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 i think about yeah. teaching teaching children you you teach your child something that doesn't mean they get it right the first time mm-hmm. and so so it's this process of constantly having to teach your children over and over and and when you you know you want to when you want to pull your hair out because you think they're not getting it, and then all of a sudden one day they just click, and you're like, oh. you can't feel like you can breathe again. I wonder. I wonder yeah. a lot of times that's how God feels about us and our sanctification. If He's just trying to hammer it home to us, and and we don't understand it. Um, yeah, I, I, I could totally imagine God. You know, that that sigh of relief when when His children finally understand what he's been trying to teach them for for long. I mean, think about like when Israel finally gets it. Yeah. You know, like God is going to be like, he's going to have his arms in the air. Like finally, (laughs) (laughs) you know? 
So, I told you this a long but, time ago. Why didn't you just listen to me back then? <laughs> yeah. It would have been a whole lot easier for everyone involved. But, yeah. um, so, so back to the, um, to the catechism, the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Um, the idea is not that sin is totally eradicated from our lives or that it's merely, that there's merely like a counteraction um, if we say that sin is totally eradicated, um, you know, we're claiming way too much about our ability, about, about the reality of life. But if we say that it's just merely counteracted, then we're also not nearly saying enough about sin and, and its impact on us. Um, exactly. but, but, but it's saying, but, you know, this catechism is saying that, um, divinely wrought character changes or there's a character change that's divinely brought about sorry mm-hmm. the uh, character changes are divinely brought about that frees us from our simple habits and then forms us to be more christ-like to be affectionate like christ was affectionate yeah. um to have the same similar or the same virtues that christ had or right. christ has um it's not about Ignoring the fact that, or ignoring the reality of sin, it's about overcoming the reality of sin and being better prepared to defend yourself against it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it is, and, and you know, we, uh, and, and I've actually thought about this today um, when I was kind of going over some of our notes and, and reading back through the section. One of the things that we sometimes skip over and and i think partly because we know that you're you're or we hope that you're reading along with us we don't always dive into every single scripture that that packer does but just know that everything that we have talked about in all of our podcasts are you can you can go into packer's concise theology and see every single scripture that's listed for all of this stuff that we have talked about but one of the things one of the ones that that i really like that he brought out and, and he brings out a ton in this section um, but it's from Ephesians 4, and specifically verses 24, 22 through 24, where he says, To put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And, like, so so this is the picture of of what justification and sanctification actually are. So justification is you've put off your old nature. Paul talks about being a slave to sin, and then now you are a slave to righteousness. Um, And so you've got this old nature, you've put on this new nature. This new nature is your justification. The sanctification is walking in that new nature. Now, Mm -hmm. again, just because you've put on the new nature doesn't mean you're going to do everything right. And and Paul doesn't ever say that you're going to do everything right. Even, I mean, Paul himself even talks about having a thorn in his side as something that bugs him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so, and, and Paul never, never claims to be the perfect. Now he says, you know, imitate me as I, as I imitate Christ. So he's looking to somebody else as somebody, you know, he's looking to Christ as the example to imitate, but that means Paul doesn't always get it right. You know, uh, I, I would hope that I'm a, I'm an example for people to imitate, but I don't want to say, you know, I'm perfect. So if you'll just do it like me then you'll be fine, you know, but Paul, 
rightly says, hey, imitate me, but I want you to understand that I'm imitating Christ. So ultimately, mm-hmm. we are all imitating Christ, and that should be our, our ultimate yeah. goal. Um, yeah. And that's really what this, this process of sanctification is. Um, is it's, is it's, you've got this idea of the, the justification side of it really kind of involves sanctify or I'm sorry, justification involves regeneration. You have this regeneration as birth and then onto the process, the process of this birth, everything of, of, you know, growing up after birth is sanctification. Sanctification is growth. And that's the way, that's really the way that Packer put it. He says, regeneration is birth. Sanctification is growth. And so, um, in regeneration, God gives you that new nature. He puts on those new clothes. He gives you, uh, he takes away your your uh, slave to sin, and he gives you a new slavery, which is a great slavery to have. It's a slave to righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then that's when the process of sanctification comes in, and and it's and your sanctification is works in you to will and to act according to the purpose of God. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, and that's where the we're talking about. You know, you work out your salvation. That's where that comes yeah. in, is in the sanctification process. Exactly. Um, but it's not something that is of our own doing. We're prompted by the Holy Spirit to work out our salvation, um, to fulfill the the new desires that you were talking about that were brought on by our regeneration. Mm-hmm. So it, it's regeneration is the foundation. Sanctification is the process to completion. Exactly. Um, yeah, and, exactly. and I think it's important. It's it's important to remember too that when that regeneration happens, when we're given those new desires um, that weren't necessarily there before at all, um, it's important to remember that that is solely the work of God. There is, mm-hmm. there's no. It's nothing about me. It's nothing about the people around me. It's God awakening me and mm-hmm. awakening within my heart and my soul that I need him, that I need Jesus, that I need to turn from my sin and, and trust in him. Um, so the regeneration process is solely the work of God. Sanctification is like a co-op mm-hmm. between yourself and God. Like It's not that it's not that anything you do. I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's not how. It's not that anything. It's not that anything that you do needs you to be sanctified, but you have an active part in your sanctification process. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you can see that teaching clearly in Scripture. Jesus says to take up your cross daily and follow me. You know, mm-hmm. that's when when he commands somebody to take up their cross daily. That's a that's a continual, ongoing, uh, you know, if we get down into the grammar of it, that is a present, active, uh, indicative verb. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's it's something that, that doesn't just happen once. It doesn't happen once and then it's over. It doesn't happen for a short time, then it's over. It is a constantly ongoing, active verb that says, no, you have to continue to do this. And this is something that you're called to do as a Christian. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's why sanctification and and... and if you want to give it theological terms, then then regeneration is monergistic, and and that just simply means that it's one sided. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's God who's doing all the work. Mono meaning one, and so it's monergistic. Um, and our sanctification is synergistic, and that's that's a you think I think about the word synergy. If you if you synergize or if you if you bring synergy to something, then you're taking 
multiple things and you're forming them into one. And that's really what God does is he takes our actions. He takes our uh, sanctification and continues to mold us into this, into this person who is imitating Christ. Um, mm. Because he has chosen us, because he has regenerated us, he is molding mm-hmm. us through our actions. And that's, again, that's where this dichotomy of God's sovereignty and human responsibility kind of, kind of play against each other, but still the same. You know, yes, we are 100% responsible, and yes, God is 100% in control. You know, and we won't understand that synergy until until later in life. Um, but mm-hmm. but all of this happens as of the work of God, and and then in our sanctification, we are called to to be a part of this this cleansing. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I I mentioned it last week, but I think about Psalm fifty one again, where David says, "Create in me a clean heart, O God." He's asking for God to create in him a clean heart, and then you skip over to Ezekiel. God says, "Hey." I'm going to pull out your heart of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. He's the one that who's, who's mm-hmm. making that change. He's making that change in us, which is what regeneration is. And then yep. once you have that heart of flesh, you have the, you have the ability at that point to say, you know what? I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do these things and I'm going to actively take up my cross and I'm going to actively take a stand and I'm going to proclaim the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world around me. That's what mm-hmm. regeneration births in us. And that it, and all of that is displayed in the fruits of salvation through uh, sanctification. And mm-hmm. and one of the books that I love on the on the topic of sanctification uh, is the book of First Peter. If you've never read the book of First Peter, just go read it because that's a it is a constant challenge from Peter to to basically say, hey, watch how you're living your life. You should be doing these certain things if you're claiming to be a Christian. You should be respecting the people who are in authority over you. And and he talks about wives and husbands and how they relate to each other and how all of this stuff, another good good book of the Bible who that that really focuses on sanctification is the book of James. Um, you know, mm-hmm. James talks about being pure and undefiled religion, the things that you see when you're seeing pure and undefiled religion. And so so all of those kind of kind of play themselves out in the topic of sanctification and it gives you a blueprint or a, a structure to go, okay, you know, what can I gauge a sanctification by? And, and this is where it comes down to, you know, we don't know if somebody is quote unquote saved, you know, we don't know if they are, they are elect, but, but what we can do is we can look at the fruit of their life, you know, and, and if somebody is, is, swearing up and down one side and just, you know, trying to ruin people's lives and all this kind of stuff, we can safely conclude that that person has not been regenerated. But if we see people struggling to do the right thing and, and man, I really want to do the right thing. And, and I see this and I see that, man, God's probably working on them. God has probably regenerated their heart and he's mm-hmm. bringing them through this process of sanctification. Yeah. And so, yeah. so talk yeah, about, yeah, I think, no, go ahead. I was to say, I, I was actually going to throw throw it back to you. Talk about what that means for believers. How does yeah, that affect so, us as believers? Yeah. So, so you're talking about you know the you know the the person who's struggling um, to to live life to to imitate Jesus um, are regenerate desires that we were talking about in our fallen instincts that we will continue to carry until the day we die. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're gonna battle for our attention. They're gonna battle for the. I don't want to say the throne because when you're regenerated, the throne's been. Yeah, that's been taken care of. The throne. Their your. Um, Packer calls it Adamic or Adamic, probably yeah. Adamic. Yeah, Adamic. Uh, Adamic. Yeah. I didn't want to say damn. That's what it was. <laughs> so, um, but your Adamic instincts. So so when so when you're regenerated, your your flesh is no longer on the throne. It cannot be on the throne anymore. Yes. But you're still gonna have that battle within to feed the the instincts of your flesh, to feed mm-hmm. the the wants and desires that are not necessarily of God. Um, and we're going to be distracted by the, by those things, like I said, until until the day we die. Um, but so we're distracted by our flesh from doing God's will. Mm-hmm. And if we if we follow those paths that are distracting us, um, those paths lead to death. Um, and there, but there are ways to 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 battle the temptation, um, to to fight those things, to fight against our flesh. Um, we can pray against temptation. Um, we can be, we can cultivate heavenly virtues, um, and we can, um, when then with the help of the Holy Spirit, we uh, can eradicate particularly bad habits that lead us to fall into sin. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know that if I do this and I'm going to do this and then this and this and this and this, you know. Changing your attitude and changing your your lifestyle can prevent you from beginning the first step in a in a chain reaction that will ultimately lead to sin. Yeah, yeah. John Owen calls this the mortification of sin, and mm. and it's 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 this process by which we uh, continually on a daily basis basically try to to mortify or or to kill. Uh, the sin within us, and and some days we're going to win, and some days we're not going to win. Some days we're going to give in to temptation, um, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna be a failure because that's that's the nature of of our world. We we live in a fallen and broken mm-hmm. world, and so that's the nature of our world. Um, yeah. But in the end, we know that all these things, and and again, this goes back to Romans eight. We know that all of these things work to the good of those who are called according to His purpose, because mm-hmm. those who uh, he foreknew, he, he predestined those who predestined, he also called. And then and then it goes through that whole process, uh, what we call the golden chain of salvation, where all of this plays itself out. You know, if if you sin and you mess up, man, that's, that's not a reason to think that your life is over. But it is a reason to go, you know what, the grace and mercy of God is greater than my sin. So I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to adjust, I'm going to fix this, or I'm going to focus on God's grace in this moment, and then I'm going to take up my cross again tomorrow, and I'm going to do it better tomorrow. Um, it's it yeah. really plays on that, and we and, and we call that the means of grace. It's the ways that God mm-hmm. teaches us His grace. Um, and so, so all of that about regeneration and and the mortification of sin really is solidified in this topic of adoption. Um, which is, which is kind of why that we, we kind of why we switch these around, um, because our sanctification. We also just kind of felt like it. <laughs> that too, that too. I was trying, I was trying to make it sound like we knew what we were doing, but we don't really know what we're doing. Um, but this idea of adoption, and I think I may have talked about mm-hmm. this a little bit when we talked about justification, 
Um, but adoption just simply means that God makes his people his children. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I can't help but think about um, John one twelve when I think about this, uh, this type of, of thing. But, you know, to those who did not reject Christ, he gave the right to become sons and daughters of God. He, came the, he gave the right mm-hmm. to become children of God. And so to those people who are in Christ, uh, know that you you are in Christ because God has made you His child, uh, and and the, and Packer brings out Galatians uh, four four and five here when he says, "But the full when the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children." Uh, mm-hmm. And and that is that's again that's just a summary of what it means for for God to take us in. Um, and I know we've talked a little bit about what this meant in first century and, and to just mm-hmm. kind of hit it real fast, you know, adopted children really kind of had more rights. They had more claim to things like mm-hmm. inheritance because, uh, you know, a, a child who's born, you know, by, with a father and a mother and that they don't really have a choice. They didn't get to pick that child. That's just the child that God gave right. them. When you're talking about adoption, you, I mean, you think about going and adopting a puppy. You go and you pick the puppy that you want. There's nothing that mm-hmm. that puppy did. There's nothing that that you know animal did. You just pick the one that you want. And and yeah. as as arbitrary as that seems, what it does is it displays the glory of God that He would choose somebody who didn't deserve to be chosen. Yeah. You know, the fact that He yeah. would do that speaks to that adoption. Speaks to His His love mm-hmm. for His creation. And what yeah. he what he created, um, and so so that ties adoption back to what we talked about last week, which is justification. Um, and so justification is really the foundation of. Uh, I'm sorry, adoption is the foundation of justification. Because yeah. you have been adopted, you are justified. Um, yeah. And 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 adoption is kind of like this. Packer calls it the crowning blessing of of mm-hmm. justification. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. what else? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I don't know if we've, if we've covered this in the past or not, but the, um, in the New Testament, you know, it, uh, adoption was like this, uh, it was this thing, uh, uh, adults, uh, young adult males of good character become heirs in order to continue the family line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if childless rich families don't have children or don't have males, they're going to adopt good, good, upstanding young adult men mm-hmm. to continue their line. I think it's, I think that, um, that imagery is really, really sh- like not shocking. Yeah. Might be the best word to use when you consider God's adoption of us because we are not good, we are not of good character. That we are inherently bad charactered people, yeah. um, but because of God's goodness and his grace and his love and his mercy for us, he allows us to become heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Um, and the status of being adopted is applied to everyone who accepts Jesus. It's not some of the some of the saved and, and some of them aren't, aren't, aren't adopted. If, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are adopted into his, into God's family. Yes. Um, and you're only adopted in and through Christ, mm-hmm. but, but in and through Christ, God loves you. God, um, 
loves you just as he loved Jesus um, and will ultimately share with you all the glory that Christ currently has. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, and amen to all of that. Uh, you know, and, and, and what it does is it points back to, again, it points back to Christ. And and mm-hmm. um, Christ is the central figure of all of Scripture. Uh, we owe everything that we have uh, in God. We owe it to Christ because it was his uh, act of obedience. We talked about this in, in previous weeks. Uh, if you're just now jumping on the train, I urge you go back and listen to all the previous weeks because really and truly this, this whole thing just continues to build um and mm-hmm. and and you you see how all of theology really ties together um you know we are we are adopted uh because because we are in Christ we are justified with Christ's righteousness we can be called children of God because of the things that Christ did what did Christ do he came and lived a life that we could not live he died the death that we deserve uh so that we could be called children of God um mm-hmm. and 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 Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. You know, all of this has continued to build on each other, um, which is what which is what doctrine and theology do. And so, adoption and sanctification are kind of just the natural the next natural steps in the process. Um, and then and then over the next coming weeks, just to kind of give you a heads up, we're going to be talking about the way that our adoption, the way that our justification is played out in our sanctification through things like. Christian liberty and legalism and antinomianism. These are things that, that really play out uh, in our life on a daily basis. And so as Christians, we need to understand how these things affect us and know how, you know, or at least have an idea of how we should be responding. Uh, you know, what is our worldview supposed to be? What is our, uh, what is our response supposed to be to some of this stuff? And all of this is put together in, in what we call the Christian worldview, which is really and truly defined by the doctrine that we hold to. So so just know that we are going somewhere with all this, and, and this isn't just arbitrary talking about, you know, random theological topics uh, week in and week out. There 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 is a flow to this, and even though we've switched it around a little bit, um, you know, we, we want you to see the flow, and we want you to understand that all of this is going somewhere. So Tonight we really hit hit on the the idea of redop, uh, of adoption and sanctification, and and what that looks like in the Christian's life. And so over the next couple of weeks we're going to be talking about how adoption and how sanctification are played out in the Christian life. Um, and and adoption again is just the bestowal of that relationship, and then justification is the declaring of righteousness, and and then our sanctification is the continual growth in that righteousness mm-hmm. that has been been put on us. So just kind of yeah. tie that tie that up real quick in, in case you got caught on a couple of our rabbit trails where we, we do that every now and then. But but uh we hope you have enjoyed uh this discussion. I'm still yeah. uh I'm still impressed with my five Luther uh toasted lager from Blue Point. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming that Patrick is still impressed with his. I am. And uh the uh the hell Heller High Watermelon from 21st Amendment Brewery. Y'all, um, I'm pleasantly surprised, honestly. I was not expecting that at all. Nice. But, nice. Um, I like to see that. And, and, and I'll be, uh, I'll be enjoying that again. Probably sooner than I should, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So, so if they want to find um, us on social media, Patrick, where would they go to find us on social medias? 
So if you are a social media person, um, if you have an Instagram, we're on Instagram at uh, Beers and Bible underscore. You can follow us there. Uh, we say this every week. We will eventually be more active. It's just <laughs> been a challenge with some wrenches that have been thrown into uh, our lives here the last couple of weeks. Um, last couple we'll, of months. We'll <laughs> yeah, that too. But uh, we're you know we're just trying to trying to keep uh, provide opportunities for our listeners to uh, connect with us and, and share content and all that kind of stuff. So if, we, if you're on Instagram, uh, Beers and Bible underscore, that's our Instagram handle. Follow us there. If you are on the Twitter, you can follow us at Beers and Bible P1. Um, we are on Facebook at, uh, you just search Beers and Bible Podcast, look for our logo and uh, follow us there. Send us messages on any of those social media platforms that we're on. You can also email us. We're at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. I got confused about uh, which one I was talking about. <laughs> so, uh, Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us emails, questions, concerns, um, thoughts about what we're talking about on the podcast. If you have a beer suggestion you think we'd enjoy or you'd like for us to try out, uh, email that to us and we'll, we'll see what we can do to find it. Um, and I, I just did a count. We've got 31 sections left nice. of uh, concise theology, so we're probably we're still talking. about 10 or 12, we're probably still about eight or 10 episodes away from being done with concise theology. But um, hopefully, maybe by the summer, we'll be able to get into some different content. And if you have any suggestions on what you'd like to hear us talk about, we'd love to hear those, and it will deliberate and see see what we can do, so. Maybe by the time but, um, we finish with Concise Theology, the coronavirus will be gone. That's really what I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm ready for life to be somewhat normal again. Maybe this is God's idea of trying to get us done with Concise Theology faster. <laughs> That's terrible. Maybe I should so. say that. <laughs> no, it's probably not. But anyway, so, um, but yeah, send us messages, get us, get us liked, or give you like us. I don't. I don't know what I was like saying. Like us and give us um, five star reviews on all of your platforms. Yes, do that. Share us with your friends, family, small groups, discipleship groups, pastors, uh, whoever else, coworkers, family, friends. Did I say family. I think I did. Doesn't matter. Say it again. <laughs> um, but yeah, share us. Get us. You know, if if you're enjoying what you're hearing, share us. And if you're not, then. Share it in Share us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fine. Um, but we're we're gonna keep going but as as long as we have stuff to talk about and beer to drink, which we will. The always one have. package, the one package store I I went to has I go to has about twenty five hundred selection beers to uh, choose from. So uh, like that, we'll be we'll be going for a while. Yeah, we will. Like a long while. So anyway, with all that being said. Come back next week and hear us again. Peace out. Come back, listen to us. See you later. You enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.